Welcome to Chelsea in the Meadow. I'm your host, Chelsea, and I'll be joined by my occasional co-star, my sweet grandmother, Mimi. We've spent many of our days tending to our plants and animals on East Meadow Farm, but now we are embarking on a new project, the Chelsea in the Meadow podcast. We started this podcast to help guide you through the process of maintaining your own home garden. On our show, we truly believe that everyone can grow, and we want to help you, the listeners, be successful by sharing what we've learned from our experiences as longtime horticulturalists. Join us each week for tips on how to attain the garden of your dreams. On this week's episode of Chelsea in the Meadow, my mom joins the podcast to discuss some of the things we're thankful for in the many ways our garden is supporting us through our Thanksgiving. Enjoy this holiday episode to get you thinking about your turkey day. Happy Thanksgiving! Hello everyone and welcome to Chelsea in the Meadow! This week it's Thanksgiving! So we're doing a special episode to talk about some of what we're grateful for and look at what we're having on our Thanksgiving table that we grew this season. And we're really excited to share that with you. So looking back at this past season and the years of just working together outside, there's nothing we can be more grateful for than each other. And when I say that, I mean more than just family or your coworkers and your friends. I mean, all of these people are so important and I'm so grateful for all that they're doing with us. I mean, there's nothing more special to me than being able to spend that time outside with my mom and my grandmother. And here with me today is a little bit of a change. Um, I have my mom in the studio with me instead of Mimi today, giving Mimi a little bit of a break and letting her go work on some pie crusts while we work on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm joining Chelsea today to talk about what's going to grace our Thanksgiving table. And since we're hosting it, she thought I should be the one to help uh, tell you all about it. Right, right. <laughs> So going back to what we're grateful for, I mean, there's so many aspects to working outside. I mean, we have to be grateful for how much Mother Nature itself does for us. I mean, so grateful for the days of sunshine and warmth and all of the water that we have to keep all of those good things growing, all of the our beautiful compost piles, all of the worms. I mean, it is such a diverse ecosystem out there. Every aspect, everything out there plays such a crucial role. You can't have a working farm without every part of the cycle. I am so grateful for all of our animals, all of our ducks and our chickens for not only eating all of our scraps and scratching those and helping them go through the decomposting cycle to create beautiful dirt for us to put back onto our beds and also their shavings and everything to help give nutrients back into our garden so that way our plants can create delicious food 
and also all of the eggs that they create for us. So that way we have another source of nutrition coming into our homes and our dogs for working so hard to keep the deer out of our gardens and keep some of our chickens safe from predators and any uh, predators and pests that are trying to come at our uh, gardens as well. And to be honest, being thankful for all of the wildlife. I mean, even the hawks, they'll occasionally take one of our chickens, but it's so important the role that they play. I mean, it's important to keep our numbers low. By the time that our chickens are able to be caught by the hawks, it is usually their time to pass on to their next life, wherever that is. Or they, hawks, they work hard keeping any rodents from coming into our gardens and munching on our lettuces. I mean, they work in the fields all day long, catching any sort of mice, voles, or moles, anything that could be a real problem and wreak havoc in our gardens. They keep it under control. So even though we might find them as a nuisance sometimes, they really do play an important role in keeping our farm healthy and keeping it going. And it's so important to acknowledge all of the different roles everything plays on our property and how it is to be successful. And so now we'll get into a little bit of what we're going to be eating. And that is something I sure love. I love to eat. I love good food. Hence why I love to grow so many yummy and delicious things. And we are filling our Thanksgiving table with all sorts of yummy things from our garden. So starting off with our squash. So we're having roasted squash and carrots and parsnips. And the squash that we're choosing to roast for this Thanksgiving is a Waltham butternut. And it is something that we've grown forever. It is a staple in our garden, something we can definitely rely on. It produces so many squashes for us and they store so, so well. And this time of year, they're just starting to become sweet enough. So these butternuts have to go through a storing process. And by the time that they've been picked and have been properly stored. Now, when you get those squashes in from outside, you have to make sure they're all clean, uh, removing any dirt or trying to get any like imperfections, take away any squashes that do have any imperfections right away because that allows for any um, rotting to, to happen that can like spread as they're storing. So just removing any bad ones to keep the good ones as good as they can be for as long as possible and let them then go into storage in a cool, dry spot for as many months. They're just now starting to get sweet enough. The Waltham butternuts definitely need a period to get sweet. Um, so if you uh, cure them and let the the frost kill their uh, foliage back 
and then let them cure in the sunshine in the field, then their uh, skin becomes very hard. And that's um, what you need for a good storage squash. Um, and then once we bring them in, um, we give it all the way from the, the end of September until now, Thanksgiving, for their flesh to really become sweet, for them to turn their starches into sugars and um, really make it palatable. Um, and we we will store them and they'll they'll last in our basements right and through to March even. Um, they don't need to be kept very cold. They just want to be at about 50 degrees, which just in our basement, that's about what our basements stay up here in New England throughout the winter. Right, right. So now we'll go into our carrots and roasting carrots is something... I absolutely love about Thanksgiving. Our carrot variety that we grew this year was Bolero. Now, we've grown other varieties in the past, but our favorite really seems to be Bolero because of the high yields that come from these carrots. I mean, we've had summers of 100 plus pounds of carrots. They just create so many beautiful, long but not tough, like so, so tender carrots. And they really have such a beautiful orange color and such a great sweet carrot flavor. And truly they last all year long. I mean, we still have carrots from last year that we're still taking from. And it's just, they're just such a great carrot and they cook up so beautifully. I'm so excited to get them on our table in Thanksgiving. And um, parsnips are the thing that gets paired with them. Um, they're one of my absolute favorites from the garden. I love parsnips. I live for parsnips. <laughs> you and Mimi both. I think those are, those are Mimi's favorite from the garden too. The two of us have to fight over our parsnip yield. Even though we have plenty, we just can't get enough. Huh. So we usually plant them pretty late. They're usually the last thing to go in. We seed them into the soil, just like what you do with carrots. And usually happens in early July because we want to harvest them late. We want to be harvesting them like mid-November. After they've had a little bit of cold, the cold again um, in the garden helps them to become sweet. So you don't want to harvest your parsnips prior to some cold weather. Um, we don't, some people overwinter them um, up here in the north when we've tried that it um, it makes for some pretty gnarly looking parsnips in the spring when you pull them. They get a lot of these little side hairy roots and it becomes difficult to clean them. So we're not in big, big fans of wintering them over, but we do want them to have some cold before we harvest them. So we plant them. They're one of the last things to go into the garden um, around the first of July. And uh, this year, that was a really precarious time to plant. Right, right. It just, we, again, we've talked about this a little bit before, but we had so much rain. It was like the rainiest summer we've had in so long. And right after the like day or two after we seeded them in, we got torrential 
downpours. Yeah, I think it was like six inches of rain with that storm. It just washed out all of the seed. And we were like, well, hopefully something comes up. And if not, there goes our parsnips. I guess we're just not going to have parsnips this year. But it ended up getting a few little babies poking out of the soil. And we just kept them watered and said, well, at least we'll get one or two. And we just wound up with a pretty good harvest. Yeah, we did. I think we got like 20 plus parsnips, which is pretty good. They were, you know, pretty big sized, each one being, you know, maybe like two pounds. So those are our roasting veggies on our table. We also are putting peas on our table. And this year we grew sugar snap peas, pretty common thing that we grow, been growing it for a little while. Um, It's a early season crop and The way we do it here is we pick them right off the vine and then go right to freezing them to keep them stored so that way we can have them as long as possible. And it doesn't let them get too mushy or anything like that. They're still really delicious and really yummy when we do end up cooking them, but it makes them last a lot longer when we do do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And another side dish per my dad's request. We are having creamed shallots this year and we use um, matador shallots, which is a really great for a long storing shallot. Um, they're just really yummy purple shallots, um, almost like a maroony purpley kind of color uh, that are, you know, going in to make some Yummy creamed shallots. It's going to be a first time for me. I've never had that before, but it sounds really good. I love creamy things, so why not? When when Dad and I were first married, Grammy Jones would always make pickled onions into creamed onions and serve them at Thanksgiving. So Dad has had that hankering, and I said, well, I don't have pickled onions, and I don't have pearl onions, but I do have shallots, so we're going to give it a try. Oh my goodness, all of these generations. My Grammy Jones is Mimi's mother. All of these generations, all of these family traditions, I think that's what makes Thanksgiving so special. Every family, everyone has their own way of doing it, and I love how it continues on even after people have passed. And it's just so special to reconnect with those loved ones in the way of cooking and cooking their favorite dishes and making them our own favorite dishes. It's just something that's so special. And this year we're also having mashed potatoes. Our mashed potatoes are coming from our Kiyuka Gold potatoes, one of our varieties we grew this year. And they, we started them from our own seed potatoes. Um, I'm not really sure when we bought them in, but we've been growing potatoes for a couple years now. Yeah, yeah. We bought, um, I originally bought them from an organic uh, potato farmer in Maine um, a few years back. And each, each harvest I have saved um, seed potatoes from the harvest and so we always put aside about five pounds of each variety um, and those are what we plant the next um, spring when we're ready to plant potatoes and um, yeah the cuca golds make a lovely mashed potato very light very fluffy so yummy so creamy so delicious 
gotta love homegrown potatoes. You don't notice the difference from like store-bought. You don't really think a potato is a potato. You know, you have French fries at all these different places. It all tastes like potato. But when you grow your own potatoes for the first time and you get to taste that, it I don't think I can have regular old potatoes anymore just because of how good the consistency of a baked potato. I never could eat baked potatoes before because they just were too dry and it just, I much preferred mashed potatoes, but our own potatoes, oh my goodness, I can't get enough baked potatoes. It's it's just, it's like having a mashed potato, but in a baked potato, it's Oh, it's yeah, so they're pretty good. good. They're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Until you've had really fresh potatoes, it's it's hard to know what you're missing. But yeah, like most things, the, <laughs> when it, you take it fresh from the garden, it always has a better flavor. Always. You can taste the difference. It's amazing. And not only are we eating out of our garden with all, all of our vegetables, but we're also using all of our herbs that we've worked so hard to get ready and get into storage. And we spent so many days during the summer going out, cutting from our herb garden and all of our different herb plants a lot around our house. We just interplant our herbs in with our flowers. Um, I think they are just really great fillers. And they also, you get that um, herb aroma with all of the flower scents as well. It's just a really great combination planting for your house garden. It also keeps them really close to home, which um, for me makes a really big difference in how much I use them. Because if all I have to do is step outside the back door to grab thyme or basil or sage um, to add to whatever we're cooking, um, that makes it me so much more inclined to go out and do it. Because um, when I already have it on the stove, that's often when I'm looking for the spice to add. So, um, but yeah, all year I, I harvest them as well and and do a lot of drying of herbs and, um, and some dehydrating in my dehydrator. And uh, some herbs like basil, um, I will blanch and freeze. Um, basil, you have to blanch it before you freeze it in order to keep it for long-term storage. But by doing that, it retains all of its flavor and um, it's beautiful green going into whatever we're using it for. And we are using our sage and some parsley to help flavor our stuffing. And we're also going to be using our own chicken eggs to help get that consistency right and get it so that way it all kind of mushes together. And we also add um, apple cider vinegar to it, which is kind of a callback to my Portuguese heritage on my dad's side. It's something my sweet avad does to her stuffing and it just gives it that extra flavor that it needs and you really can taste it. It's a, it's so, so yummy. It's something that really just like makes me feel right at home. <laughs> it's a favorite of all stuffing. Stuffing is a favorite for sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we made our own apple cider vinegar this year for the first time with apple remnants. So any 
piece of an apple that you don't end up eating any skin from uh, any like peels or cores you put that into a container like a jar with some sugar water and let it sit and store until it's ready right mama yeah, it ferments. So uh, the little microorganisms eat the sugar out of the sugar water and in turn, um, turn all of the apple, pull all of that um, appleness out of them, and it turns into um, vinegar. So uh, yeah, it's just about um, storing it. So, you know, some of these, these old traditions... Um, when you made your apple pie, you just always saved all of the cuttings and, and remnants of the apple because there's always another use for everything. So this year we really, we, we work so hard to, to get whatever harvest we get from our orchard that we don't even want the scraps to go to waste. So, um, so yeah, we turned them into apple cider vinegar and, and this year we'll be using that in our stuffing. So, so yummy. I cannot wait. I'm sure it's going to be so flavorful. And for our turkey, we also flavored it with um, thyme and garlic, both those coming out of our garden. And then for dessert, we're having the classic pumpkin pie with a special pie that we grew for the sole purpose of pumpkining. We have our New England pie pumpkin that will be turned into our delicious pumpkin pie. And we're also making a Swedish apple pie, which will be using our own apples that are Calvel Blancs, which um, is an old French variety that was grown specifically to make tarte aux pommes, which translates to apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> a French pastry pie. Yeah. Yeah. So the Calvo Blanks um, don't always have the best look to them, but they do have the best baking flavor. So I think they're going to really hold up um, to keep their shape when we bake with them in the pie this year. And we're really looking forward to it. It's, it's something that's been a long time coming. Yeah, we're so excited. <laughs> I mean, when you have an orchard, you you want to do, you have all of these things for the apples to be come. And now that we're finally starting to get apples, it's like, oh my goodness, now we can make our pie. <laughs> so it's so exciting. Um, you guys might not know this, but I just, baking is another just really big hobby of mine. So I absolutely love cooking and baking. That's why, I mean, I love to grow all of this beautiful food because I love to eat, I love to cook, and I love to bake. So being in the kitchen is like a second hobby of mine, right? And so, yeah, I'm so excited. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because I love all of the food and the connections that are made and the, the family traditions that happen on it. It's really special to me. Yeah. And I think even more so now that we do so much growing of the things that we eat, it really is a sort of a culmination of, of our harvest. And we're really, we're so excited it just brings such joy and excitement to us. Not only do we get to gather with family and friends, but we get to share the splendor. And that has really, it's a really special, special thing for us. Absolutely. So lastly, I want to thank all of you so much for being such dedicated fans and listeners. We couldn't do this without your amazing feedback and your support. 
Um, I just, I hope you all have such a wonderful Thanksgiving and really get to connect with whoever your loved ones might be and just spend some time with them and being grateful all together. But also, if you're not doing that, spend some time with yourself and being grateful for all of the things that you do to keep yourself going. It is so important to be reflective in this moment and be thankful for all of the things that you have accomplished because every day, regardless, you are still here. You are still working so hard to get where you want to be. And just be grateful for that. Be so thankful that your body keeps going with everything that has been going on. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, thanking yourself, being grateful, um, and rewarding yourself for the hard work that you do and, uh, and enjoying, um, the splendor of that. Absolutely. So I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful holiday and a long weekend. And we'll be back next week for one of our final episodes. We'll take kind of a winter break and hopefully pick back up come springtime. Yeah, end of season one, right, Chels? End of season one, yeah, right. Huh. So we'll catch you all next week. Hope you all have a really great weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button and the little bell so that you are the first to know when we've released a new episode. Feel free to tell your friends or anyone that might like to listen. Another great way to support us is by rating us on the Apple Podcast app. This allows other listeners to find us more easily so they can check us out for themselves. Lastly, we want to thank those of you that have decided to donate to the podcast. It allows for us to pay for our equipment and software so that way we can continue to make the content that you all love. If you can and would like to support us in that way, there are links on our website, eastmeadoworchard.com, and also in the bio of our Instagram page, at Chelsea in the Meadow. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. This show was brought to you by Red Circle. It was edited by Chelsea Braz. Our master engineer was Ben Braz. And a special thanks to Barbara Dombrowski, Kristen Braz, and East Meadow Farm and Orchard for helping us make this possible.